It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, October 14th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is so happy to be celebrating a Flyers win. Yeah, victory formation. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. We'll get the show going. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello there. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with the intrepid Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology, coming to us from the Wells Fargo Center. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. On today's show, we are going to talk about last night's game versus the New Jersey Devils, a victory to open the season. And we're going to talk about that Travis Sanheim contract extension. And maybe if there's time, we'll talk about the weekend matchup against the Vancouver Canucks. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, you can watch us over on YouTube. Russ, man, five to two win. We were both incorrect in our assessment of what well, would I think most here. of us were. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, again, this is why you never know in sports, right? You just any given day. You never know how it's going to turn out. Um, To me, the biggest difference was how many of these games did we see out of Carter Hart last year, honestly? Like five, six, you know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, that first goal he probably wants back, but he was stellar after that. And made some tremendous saves under a lot of pressure. Yeah. I mean, the Jack Hughes one after he skated around Mm -hmm. every flyer was great. Uh, the one they did for the save of the night was pretty good when he was really aggressive, came out and cut the, cut the angle. But I got to tell you, Jack Hughes also had a setup um, when they pulled the goalie, and, man, he made a great blocker save on that. Like, he was just locked in, and that's a thing where we're not used to seeing Hart that good this early. So that was – because, again, there were some things that went wrong too. But, you know, again, he he negated a lot of it. Yeah, and we especially were concerned about him potentially coming in cold after not playing in any of the preseason games. But I think, you know, again, he really settled into that game and and he had to and he came up big a lot of times, especially I I would say late in the second and late in the third when Oh, in the third it was a shooting really Yeah, like the Devils really picked up the pace at the end of those two periods and uh, he was right there. And uh, I I just am very impressed and very pleased with that performance. I think the other big thing for me in this game was that we were promised that the Flyers were going to be tougher to play against. They were going to be physical. It was going to be kind of old school, new school Flyers with a torts twist to it. And that's kind of what we got. I mean, they the Flyers were pretty aggressive along the boards. They were, mm-hmm. uh, I would say... Not completely, but 
uh, intermittently strong on the four check. Uh, lots mm-hmm. of scrambles and pushing and shoving in front of the nets. So uh, 28 block shots. So that we kind of got what we were promised on that front. On that front, I don't think we got what Chuck Fletcher promised as far as speed, though, because they had one of the slowest two-on-ones that I think I've ever seen, like they just <laughs> did. Um, they have some guys that could skate, but they have plenty of others that aren't great skaters. Like, they're good skaters. They're average skaters. And and that's what happens with, with some vets or when you add some guys that, you know, aren't naturally gifted goal scorers or finesse guys. So they have a mix. They definitely were tougher. I think the Devils, you know, power play helped them short circuit them too. We got to be honest, early on, the Flyers looked like they were trying to impress their coach by being tough and they got called for a bunch of penalties. They had three penalties, I think, in the first period. That's that's not great either. No, I think that they really kind of settled in a little bit, especially I would say like a third to a half of the way through the second period in terms of figuring out that line between being too aggressive that they were going to get called. Uh, so it definitely was much better as as the game progressed in terms of using the physicality correctly. Um, unfortunately, Owen Tippett, with that bad hit on Smith, uh, which led to one of those penalties, knocked him out of the game. Well, I mean, he led him right into the boards. He did. I mean, it oh, was, he did. It was bad. Yeah just really unfortunate that that led to a tippet injury because I think, you know, especially with the way that some of the other younger guys were playing in the game, I think tippet would have been part of that for the rest of the game as well. Although, you know, I did have to laugh when there were some uh, early posts for the flyers because I was just like, Oh man, this is going to happen again. Isn't it? No, it turned out better than much better than I thought. I mean, early in the game, I felt like Travis Konechny was sort of playing like a little reckless, but then he did settle in and he played better in this game than most of them last year. So, again, the shot was better. I think he did work on a shot. I think he was honest about that when he um, talked about it and said he looked at video because that was a that was a better shot He because he was still shooting from long distance on the on the power play and it had a lot of zing on it. So. So that was really good. Uh, Noah Cates, I think they had he had a target on his back. They were going after him a lot. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, that was an interesting game. I felt bad for Tanner Lisinski because we all thought he scored his first goal. And again, they took it away and gave it to Morgan Frost. But Frost did have a great game. Like, this was the kind of game we've been waiting for Morgan Frost to have. Uh, that goal was just a tremendous shot. It really was. That's the mm-hmm. kind of stuff he can do when he has confidence. And right now they've shown the confidence in him. So this is good. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, on that Tanner Lisinski goal, this or not goal, because they <laughs> gave it to Morgan Frost. Uh, I, I can get back on my soapbox and say that I don't think own goals should get stat points. But that's my hot take for the NHL. But uh, I do think that Morgan Frost had a really good game. And in, in addition to the goal he scored, and I love that backhand pass from behind the net from Lizzie. Yeah, and, and they like, let him do a little dangling on the power play. Um, yeah, that's what up. I was going to say. Like yeah, there were a couple nice. of rushes up where he made some really good moves and that uh, led to at least some opportunities, if you know, if not good shots. And uh, I think he picked his moments and he was really smart about it throughout the game. Yeah. And the NHL was watching because Gary Bettman was here. Like a lot of the hierarchy were here at this game. So this was like a, uh, 
turn out to be a pretty big deal. I know Gary Bettman was looking, uh, I think he was looking for torts actually after the game, he wanted to say something to him because <laughs> I kind of overheard something. So, so that was kind of interesting that he wanted to, you know, probably say, Hey, congrats. Uh, so, you know, it, it couldn't have been a better start for them, but I'm sure John will tamp this down because, you know, there were things to look, look out for too. Yeah. We, we will talk about that. Uh, I do want to get <laughs> one more observation from you on the power play what did you think of travis connect me in the bumper spot yeah bumper spots good a good spot for him i thought that was great uh he might be the best guy to use for that so that was good on the coaching staff to kind of figure that out and the only thing i didn't like was early on especially i felt like tony d'angelo was shooting when guys weren't set up so i think hey just because you're on the power play and you have a good shot you do want to get some shots into traffic, not shots that are going to definitely get blocked. And you want guys to be there. I felt like that was something he needs to do better on, actually. Yeah, I kind of preferred power play two to power play one. I did overall. too. I, did I, too. I really thought, you know, having like the, the younger guys and it was before Joel Farabee got moved up to power play one after the right. injury. But I, I definitely would like to see that power play two unit again in the future and maybe give them a little bit more of the ice time. I'm with you too. Um, I feel like there was good energy on that. I felt like at times power play one got a little frenetic too. Like it's like mm -hmm. speed on the power play is not necessary. And then when they did slow it down, like Konechny got his, his goal and, and that was a big deal for me. I was like, okay, at least they identified that they should slow it down. All right. We are going to talk about the defensive side of the puck a little bit more coming up next, as well as just the game overall and game presentation and what the Flyers are, are doing this year that maybe is new from last year. But first, I'm going to talk to you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and podcasts in in-depth articles and analysis on every game. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including the MLB playoffs, MMA, boxing, golf, and of course, the NHL. So head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action with Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Russ, you mentioned Tony D'Angelo. Uh, how do you think he looked out there overall and not just on the power play for his first game as a flyer? I mean, five on five, he was pretty good. Um, Provorov was very um, happy with him because of his skating and his passing. And I do feel like those were uh, two good assets that he had. I Again, you know, that stuff that happened around the net, I hope he doesn't do too much of that because you don't really want your top pairing guys doing that because I even thought I saw him shaking his hand a little bit after that because when he landed on top of Bastion, I think it was Nathan Bastion. You know, it's like, oh, right. I get you want to show your toughness, but like, that's not really your game. You do get, get some hits. I get it. Let's not do too much of this for the coach because it's a long season. 
Yeah, I, I thought so too. It kind of felt a little bit like that first preseason game where he had the jitters. Yes. And especially, you know, we heard he had like 200 friends and family in yeah. the arena. And that might have gotten to his head a little bit. So it took him a little while to settle in. I think that uh, incident you just mentioned was part of him getting settled down. But I do think eventually uh, he and Provy had a little bit of chemistry. I think there's something that could be there. It's not there yet, but I, I think it did help in this game that Provy, I think, stepped it up a little bit uh, of a notch. And he made that one incredible save. On oh, the yeah. Line. I mean, that was a goal. Yeah, there was no nobody mm -hmm. in that. That was a big deal. Uh, again, his He had another good keep as well. Yeah, his conditioning's bar none. Like, it really showed in this game because in the third period when a lot of the Flyers were sort of, like, winded for a little bit and Carter Hart was under siege, Provorov really, you know, was not. And, and and that's amazing. But, you know, he was much happier uh, after the game. He talked about we didn't have too many wins where we held the lead. So, you know, he he's a different guy this year. I told you, he was just frustrated last year. Yeah, I, I really have high hopes for Provorov, and I, I think he's off to a solid start, and I certainly hope that he and D'Angelo get some better chemistry together as the games progress. Uh, mm -hmm. As far as the rest of the Flyers deep, I thought it was fine. I think that n nobody else really stood out to me as having a really good game amongst the, the bottom four, I, I think they did still struggle with some breakouts and clearing the zone a, a little bit. Um, I think they just kind of got lucky that Carter Hart was having a really great game, but also that it was the Devils and they have their own struggles. They do. I mean, look, we, we have to be fair and say, I don't know, I didn't like the game from Mackenzie Blackwood. That's not to take away mm -hmm. from the Flyers' goals, but I don't think he ever looked confident. But uh, the Flyers, D, I felt like did have a little trouble on breakouts. They definitely, um, around the net, were not getting the puck away from Carter Hart quick enough. I think that was an issue right. because there were a bunch of chances, like really grade A chances. They did block 28 shots. That's good. Uh, but the thing is, there's a, there's a negative thing, too, about the blocking shots. When you're blocking that many shots and you're letting the team shoot, 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 uh, you're also in your own end a lot. And and you saw the third period, they spent a lot of time in their own end. They did. Uh, that was one of the things I, I mentioned in our five things yeah. for this season to look forward to, or maybe not look forward to, but look for the opportunity to improve defensively because they'd be spending a lot of time in their own end. But there is a lot of improvement to be made on the defensive side of things. I think also having the slower forwards that you mentioned uh, especially i would say jvr and kevin hayes make yeah. the breakout more difficult when the defensemen are also a little bit behind the eight ball in trying to get the structure go i i didn't love the game from kevin hayes i mean i know he's playing up and all but you know that's what you have to do right now and i just i don't know he seemed kind of sluggish out there at times yeah was there anything else you think they need to improve on i i mean ultimately they're more cohesive as a team, so that's good. They've got that youthful um, exuberance that they didn't have last year. So I don't think there's that much more. I would say the um, they do need to get to the net more. Like in the first period, the Devils really boxed them away. So if they took a shot, there was no rebounds. 
It got a little better as the game went on, but I do think they need to impose their will and get to the net a little better. Uh, I think that would help a lot. I, you know, cause again, not everybody can score like from far out, like Konechny did tonight. And so you're going to have to, you know, be able to get some low, some chances down low. And I feel like they didn't have a ton of rebound chances. Yeah, and I think that was one of the things that Carter Hart had to battle at the other end, right? There was yes. a lot more rebound chances for the Devils than there were for the Flyers. So I think that the Flyers, when they're taking those shots that are kind of planned rebounds, they have to really have the skaters to follow up and be the trailers to actually get those rebound opportunities. I think that that was missing a yeah, little the forward bit in defense the Flyers too. Game. The mm-hmm. forwards defense could be better. I saw times where JVR was kind of like, sticking the stick out there but not necessarily going full after the puck and i would say late in that game when they did start to seem winded a little bit and i do feel like they were um that's when they started to get a little slow to the pucks in the corner which was helping the devils with their um with their puck possession so i feel like that's a little something too that they have to work on yeah they do well you mentioned jvr i would say he was the best dressed yeah he was to the game That was like a pimp. That was like a pimp suit, really. I mean, I love that tiger tie. Yeah, that was good stuff. Good stuff from JVR on the outfit. He just needs to have his uh, play on the ice match what his attire is. You know, I thought the guys were going to play in suits. I thought they were going to start a trend here. (laughs) Uh, Other than that, you were in the arena for that game. Yeah, Uh, I was a little disappointed of the booing of Ryan Ellis. Okay, so here's where I I. If I'm the Flyers, I would not have shown Ryan Ellis. Like, a bunch of us in the press box were like, why did they show Ryan Ellis? Like, you knew he was going to get booed. I felt like they could have shielded him from that. It's not his fault he's gotten hurt. I get the fans' frustration. You saw that Ryan was sort of sheepishly, like, yeah, I knew this was coming kind of look. I felt like that could have been avoided, honestly. It's kind of hard not to because they always introduce the injured players in suits on the bench you could have introduced him but you didn't have to have him front and center there in a suit with everybody it was too prominent they didn't need to do it like that yeah i just feel so bad because none of this is his fault it's not none of it's his fault he's a good guy like what the hell could he do honestly yeah i think the the booing was more frustration of the overall situation but still it's like he's a guy with feelings you know yeah no, I felt bad for him. I, I did. So what did you think of the intro with the let's get ready to rumble guy? Yeah, it was fine. I, you know, I, I've actually been to a bunch of boxing matches, so I'm used to Michael Buffer. But that was good. Is he a little past it? Maybe. It was still fun, though. I, I, I thought that was fun. Uh, you know, first goal, I was so busy, you know, writing things down and, and tweeting and such. I didn't even realize the goal song. But I knew that song because... I admit I watched some wrestling, and that's Becky Lynch's. That's okay. Yeah, that's her. That's her intro music. Fun. Yeah, so I I knew that that's what it was after I heard it, and that's a good choice. It's way better than last year. It's kind of fun and chanty, so I, I did I did feel like that was good. That was a step up. Yeah, I'm actually glad we got a lot of Flyers goals because I think the first time I heard it, since I was just completely unfamiliar with it, I was like, uh, I don't know. But then yeah. hearing it enough times, I'm like, all right, this is pretty good. So it was good yeah. the Flyers scored a lot. <laughs> but here's the debate that we had in the press box. And I think it's a good debate for the show. So the, the Buffalo Sabres have a goal song for every player. 
And I yes, love they that. Do. We talked about that. But then the guy next to me said, ah, it's too hard to do. It's like 20 players. And I'm like, so what? I'm like, all you got to do is press a button. It's like everything is easier nowadays. So that was the debate. I, I still feel like the Flyers at some point should move forward and be one of those teams that gives the players their own goal, so goal songs. Yeah, I think that would be fun, too. I, I think that for this season, I, I know this is very like heady, but in terms of team unity and trying to create a new identity and brand to have separate goal songs, maybe counterintuitive to that and uh okay. i'm probably reading too much into it but probably uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i think that is my my take on on the goal songs for this year i think they should do it in the future when they have some more like highlighty players to do it with yeah but um i would like jeff skinner to score all of the sabers goals because his goal song is i want to dance with somebody by whitney houston but <laughs> see i'm rooting for casey middlestack because i like jukebox hero the flyers play jukebox oh that's hero. a good one i'm a big that's a good one. fan i feel like that's a good <laughs> arena song all right uh we will be getting to the travis sandheim contract and talking about flyers versus canucks on saturday coming up next Travis Sandheim uh, coming out of nowhere. Well, not nowhere, but no, uh, we were chatting about it a little bit. We were talking about it and what the timing that we thought would be good for a contrast extension. But it turned out it's a moot point because he got a eight year, $50 million contract. And I was a little taken aback by doing it now, but this seems to be Chuck Fletcher's MO is to like, get it done. He did that Risto extension much earlier mm -hmm. than I think he should have done it. And he just wants to lock guys up. And I think there was a lot of people, myself included to some degree who maybe wanted to wait it out and see what we could get in return for him at the trade deadline. I mean, I get that part of it. And I don't think that's a bad thought because I honestly think he still would have signed an extension then because he, he wants to be with the team. But I do think mm -hmm. you have to think about the future of the team, too. Uh, it was pointed out uh, by David Pagnata that this is the exact same contract as Mackenzie Weger. So there's no, like, mm. like I can't even say there was any creativity with it because it's the same exact contract. So now, if I say to you, Rachel, who would you rather have on that contract? To me, it's, it's Mackenzie Weger. Absolutely. Yeah, even though I really like Travis Sanheim, and it's unfair for me to say that. But the problem is, is that with the Chuck Fletcher regime, they always pay guys top of the market. Now, when you sign a guy to an eight-year deal, you're expecting the AAV to be lower, not top of the market. Now, we all know the cap's going up next year, but we talked about Sanheim and maybe another player, a lesser player, being the same cost as JVR. And basically, Sanheim now is just about the same cost as what JVR would be next year when he comes off the book. So he's never had 40 points. Now I get he doesn't play on the power play, but he's not going to play on the power play for two more years. Tony D'Angelo is going to be on the power play. So like, I don't know. I just, I felt like they should have played a little hardball. They, they like these days, you, I can't even tell you the last time the flyers got a contract that was good for the club. Like, you know what? This is a really good club rate. This makes sense. This fits in well. I just, if you're going to get eight years, you better get favorable terms. And I just didn't feel like they got that. Yeah, I, I think so. Cause I think that 
cap hit is really the high end of a second pairing defenseman in yes. in the NHL. And so if he wanted to pay that this early, like, did he think he was going to have to pay more if they waited later in the season, which is just absolutely unbelievable to me. Like, I just don't think that for Travis Sanheim, that makes any sense whatsoever. And now we have the rest of this season where we thought it was going to be sort of a prove it year where Travis Sanheim doesn't have to prove it anymore, which I think does not help the flyers in the, in the long run or the short run, even if Travis Sanheim, who I like, by the way, uh, I just think like this changes the nature of this season for him. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you my conspiracy theory on this one. And that is, do they think that Travis Sanheim at some point is going to be a number two? Because I look at this team and I know when Cam York comes up, I think he's the number three and D'Angelo is here for two years as the number two, but you never know. What if it, you know, in, in five weeks doesn't work out great with Prorov, who is the next one that they're going to try? It's going to be Sanheim. And I kind of wonder if John Tortorella, you know, even kind of intimated that, Hey, we might even be playing this guy in the top pairing at some point. So, then you would look at the money differently, I suppose. Uh, he did play some top pairing last year, and some people were showing online numbers for that last year, but I would never count those numbers and put them into, you know, basically a contract talk because last year was such an aberration that that was the only time he was playing top pairing ever, and it was out of necessity. So that's the, the way I'm looking at it. I, I think that makes a, a lot of sense. And uh, I, I think that it would be great if Travis Sanheim wound up being a top pairing defenseman in this league. It would solve all the problems for sure. It would. It would. I just hope he can get there. That's the mm-hmm. the, the issue. And, you know, time will tell. But uh, maybe this is the year he can start to take that additional step forward in a year where there's really nothing to lose. I, I, right. I think there's the opportunity there. But, you know, again, one game, we're not going to get too excited about no about this team quite yet but despite the good win uh, the flyers do face the canucks on saturday uh, they lost in their season opener to the oilers five to three and uh, you know they have their first full season with bruce boudreau as the, as the head coach who really kick-started them when he took over last year yep. but they didn't really improve a ton defensively in the off season with the moves that they made but uh, obviously, Elias Patterson is going to be a huge challenge. Always. Uh, JT Biller had a golden assist in that opening game. Besser's uh, healthy again. Besser's healthy. Quinn Hughes. Uh, you know, so, Kuzmenko scored a goal in his first game, which is, again, yeah. going to cause craziness. I don't know if he's really going to be that great, but um, he's another guy you got to watch out for. And Thatcher Demko, whether he starts in this game or not, is a top five, top six goalie in the league. So it could be a heck of a matchup. Uh, the one thing I, I wonder about is because here's some like some inside stuff. So the scouting staff for Vancouver and their GM, Patrick Alvin, were here already watching this game tonight. So imagine the GM is like part of the advanced scouting for that game. So that to me, I found very interesting that that he would do that. I don't recall a lot of other GMs going ahead of the uh, team like that to get ahead on the next game. So I felt that found that interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this game because I think 
the Canucks are slightly better than the Devils, but they're completely different in what they're good at and not good at versus the Devils. So the challenge will be a, a good test and and another good opportunity for the Flyers to get some data, which is what we've been talking about is getting data about the team. Yeah, I, I think they're a lot better than the Devils because of the goaltending. The Devils goaltending mm-hmm. is still up in the air. Uh, everything else I agree with you on, but I think that's where they have the big edge. So this should be a pretty tight game. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I cannot wait. Um, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, of course, it's JVR's outfit, the Green Goblin, as the Flyers stole the show. called it. Absolutely. Uh, they should make a poster of that. I really think that they should. But uh, we'll be back again on Monday with the latest Flyers news. We'll recap the game against the Canucks. And, of course, we'll have our nemesis of the week. I love the in-season nemeses. Um, Oh, yeah. Probably can guess what it's going to be already. But uh, if you want your mailbag questions answered on the show, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. It's available on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everybody.